Welcome to Life in Balance. I'm Ken Miles, pastor of Kitchener-Waterloo Christian Fellowship. We all know that life can be hectic, and sometimes its demands can pull us off balance. The good news is that God has given practical insights in His Word for keeping life on an even keel, despite the pressures we may face. This program is designed to help us understand and apply God's wisdom in our everyday lives. Good Thursday, everyone. We are trying to answer the question, what child is this? The child we're talking about is that baby that was born in Bethlehem so long ago. Who was Jesus? Who was this child that was born? Well, we're looking at four different perspectives to gain the answer. First, we're looking at the palace perspective. This was the perspective of Herod. And he viewed this child as a king that was to his throne. Well, he wasn't. Not the natural throne that Herod had, but certainly the throne of his heart he was a threat to. Because this baby was coming to set up a kingdom, a spiritual kingdom that would rule over the hearts of men and women. The second perspective is the prophetic. What did the angels say about this child? And we found that they said he was the Christ the Son of the living God. He was God manifest in the flesh. He was a man, but he was also divine. And now we're looking at the third perspective, the perspective of the people. And we are gaining that through the shepherds. They were the ordinary people of the day. They weren't famous in any way. They were just the common folk, the everyday person that's in the street. They basically represent the totality of mankind. What was the perspective given to them? We find that the angels told them that there was a Savior born. So, this is what we're looking at now. This child came as a Savior. The angel said to Joseph, You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So, this is a major emphasis. This is a major perspective of who this child was. He was a savior. Well, what did he save us from? We hear people talk today that they're saved. Well, saved from what? Well, the simple answer is saved from the just penalty of their sin. Now, here's a concept that escapes many people today this whole matter that there is sin. I mean, we don't like the word. People react at the word. If you say, do you do wrong? They'll say yes. You ask people, is there evil in the world? Yes. But as soon as you use the word sin, or that we're sinners, well, people react to it for some reason. I think it's because they inherently know that if they're a sinner, they're going to be judged. And they're accountable to someone for their sins. But I tell you, We all are sinners because sin is the transgression of God's law. Sin is doing something contrary to what God's wishes are. And I tell you, the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. On earth, there's degrees of sin. If you have murdered someone, that's a whole lot worse than if you just rob from someone. They're both sin but one is worse than another. But in God's eyes, 
All sin separates us from God, and no sin is going to be able to enter heaven. And so, in essence, that rules us all out. Hanging over everyone's head is this penalty on our sin. Well, what is the penalty? The penalty is death. The Old Testament says, The soul that sins shall surely die. The New Testament puts it, The wages of sin is death. Death is the result of our sin. God told Adam and Eve in the garden, If you eat of this fruit, you will die. Now, what does it mean that we'll die? It means that we won't exist in that state. That life is taken from us. Physical death is when life is taken from our physical body and then it returns to dirt. Ashes to ashes and dust to dust. That's what we say at a funeral. The life is gone and so that which remains returns to dust. So there's physical death, but there's also spiritual death. Spiritual death is when God's spiritual life is withdrawn from us and we no longer can exist in his presence. That place of existence is called hell, a place where we are separated from God's life and from his presence. It's been described as a place of sulfur and fire. I mean, that's a physical description of it. Uh, But really, it's trying to get hold of a spiritual reality. As terrible as it would be to be in flaming fire to the physical body, it's going to be similar, although not necessarily fire, to the spirit. If you follow what I'm saying, it is a place of torment. It is a place of separation from God. It is a terrible place to be. It is a place of eternal death, separated from God's presence. Now, that is the penalty that hangs over each individual that has been born into this world. We all have been born in sin and shapen in iniquity, the scripture tells us. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We've all turned our own way. We've all done things that are displeasing to God. And it doesn't matter what degree of sin it is. On earth, it makes a big difference, as I mentioned. But in God's sight, every sin has to be judged. And the least amount of sin will cause us to fall under this eternal judgment. And so we need a Savior. We need someone to help us escape from this. That judgment is pending over us all. And I want you to know, it's a just penalty for our sin. You know, you hear people talk about how could a loving God send people to hell? How could a loving God eternally judge people? And that is a good question because God is love. And as we're going to see in a moment, because of his love, he's made a way that we can escape it. But just as real and powerful is God's love is also his justice. God is completely righteous and just and holy, and he cannot ignore sin. He can't just sweep it under the carpet. He can't just ignore it. His very nature is such that sin has to be judged. He has perfect integrity. There is no darkness in him at all. Every wrong has to be made right. Every sin has to be judged. And it will be judged. 
And so this is a just penalty that hangs over our head. And so here's the problem. It's a, it's a dilemma, as it were. God loves us. He's not willing that any should perish. And yet, because of his justice and his righteousness, every sin has to be judged. Nothing can be ignored. Everything that's done in secret is eventually going to be exposed and brought before his judgment. And so how is God going to reconcile his love for us and yet the intrinsic need that our sins be judged? Well, he found the answer in Jesus Christ. He came to save us from our sins, to save us from the penalty that was rightfully ours. In short, he took our place. The penalty of death that was to fall upon us, he bore on the cross. And by his dying, the penalty for our sin has been satisfied. Now, I want to go back through Scripture and just see how this salvation was brought to us. How it was brought first to Adam and Eve, who sinned right in the beginning. And it said when they sinned, that they tried to hide themselves from God because they knew his judgment was going to come upon them. And they tried to hide their nakedness or their vulnerability before God. And they did that by taking fig leaves and covering themselves. And it's interesting, right at the very beginning, it says that when God came to them, he gave them the skins of animals to clothe themselves. And we see right from the beginning, as an animal gave its life, it provided a covering. And even right from the beginning, there was a promise of a Messiah that was to come. The Lord said to the serpent in the garden, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. There was a promise here right from the beginning that, yes, you tempted Adam and Eve, and they fell. But now there's going to be enmity, and there's going to come a seed, the seed of a woman. And, of course, Jesus is the fulfillment of that, this child that was born in Bethlehem. And it says, you're going to bruise his heel. In other words, when Christ died on the cross, that was a bruising but he's going to crush your head. And through what Christ did on Calvary, he defeated Satan, took away the penalty that was hanging over us so that we could live. So right from the beginning, we see that there was the shedding of blood in order that the penalty for the sin would be postponed. As Israel grew as a nation, God gave them laws of how they were to make atonement for their sins. In Leviticus 5 and verse 6, it tells us that when a person sinned, when they did something wrong, that they would bring a trespass offering to the Lord for his sin, which he had committed. And they were to bring a female of the flock, a lamb, or a kid of the goats as a sin offering. And it says, so the priest shall make atonement for him concerning his sins. What the individual would do was to take an animal from his flock bring it to the priest. He would then confess his sin before the Lord. He would lay his hands on the head of the lamb. And then the lamb would be slain. And by the shedding of the blood of that lamb, an atonement would be made for his sin. Now that's how it was done on an individual basis. 
in Exodus chapter 30 and verse 10, we see how the nation's sin as a whole were dealt with once a year. And it was on the Day of Atonement. And Israel still keeps this day. Now, they don't do the blood sacrifices presently now because the temple has been destroyed and so forth, but they still keep this Day of Atonement. I believe it's Yom Kippur that they keep. Now, listen to what it says in these verses. And Aaron shall make atonement upon its horns once a year. This is the horns of the altar. With the blood of the sin offering of atonement. Once a year he shall make atonement upon it throughout your generations. It is the most holy to the Lord. In other words, once a year there was a sacrifice made. A lamb would be slain that would postpone the penalty of sin for another year. It never did away with sin. It just postponed its judgment. John the Baptist introduced Jesus as the Lamb of God that would take away the sins of the world. I can hardly wait to share it all with you. But that's all the time we have for today. We'll continue tomorrow. I'm Ken Miles. Bye for now. Life in Balance is a ministry of KW Christian Fellowship. We are located at 1000 Bleams Road in Kitchener. We would love to have you join us this Sunday for one of our services. The times are 9.30 and 11.30. Just go to our website at kwcf.org to register and to check out all our other activities. We have events for children, youth, and people of all ages. Our mission is to connect people with God and each other so we may fulfill our purpose in life. Till next time, may God keep your life in balance.